Welcome back to the My Mess is My Message podcast. My name is Allie, and I'm so excited for today's guest. I recently had the opportunity to meet with Sawyer Overway, and I could have actually talked to her for hours. During the episode, we discussed what led her to pursue her current career as a health coach and content creator. She shares with us insight into her own health struggles and how she healed her body. We talk about how we are fed all this noise from the media and what it actually truly means to live a healthy lifestyle. We talk about the power of spirituality, slowing down and getting in touch with who we are. I actually share more into my experiences with eating disorders and over-exercise and how these habits can have long-term effects on your health. Sawyer shares with us what cortisol is and how to identify whether yours is not balanced. She shares some of her favorite wellness books and podcast recommendations and so much more. So I'm really excited for you all to take a listen. So let's just get into it. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited for our conversation. And so just to get into it, if you want to start by introducing yourself to the audience, like a little bit more about yourself, like your, obviously your name, who you are, how old you are, what you do for a career. Yeah. So my name is Sawyer Overway. I'm 26 years old and I live in Grand Haven, Michigan, which is just a small little beach town in Western Michigan. I absolutely love it. I've been here my whole life and I love it so much. Um, and I am essentially an online wellness coach and I do a lot of content creation and social media creation as well. But day to day, I am essentially a wellness coach. So very cool. And so I know you mentioned you've been there your whole life. Did you go to college there as well? So I went to college at Michigan State University. So I did move away for a little bit, a couple of years throughout college. Um, but then I found my way back here too. So. Oh, that's great. And so what, like, were you always interested in health, like health and wellness? Like what led you to pursue the certain career? Yeah. So I actually went into college as a pre-med student. So since like elementary school, I've just been so in love with science and health. I think in third grade, we started learning about like the bones and the body and I just fell in love with it. And I always knew I wanted to help people. So throughout all of my education in high school and middle school, all of that, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. So went in as pre-med. After my first semester, I decided maybe I want to look more at physician's assistant, physical therapy, occupational therapy, just learning that being a full-on doctor wasn't really necessarily the lifestyle I wanted. So I kind of switched and ended up being a kinesiology major and then thought I wanted to do PA, PT, or OT, went to a couple of meetings and heard from a couple of experts in those fields, heard from physicians, assistants, physical therapists, doctors, all of that, and kind of still found out, okay, PA was not the route I wanted. I didn't want the potentially working till 7 p.m. schedule. I didn't want to possibly be on call on weekends. At the end of the day, I always knew I wanted to be a mom and a, a wife. Like I'm, I'm super blessed to have the most amazing parents who were just always there for me at every games. Like they sacrificed so much. My mom stayed at home while we were growing up. So I loved that aspect of having my mom around and having my parents there for me all the time. So I kind of knew that wasn't really the lifestyle I wanted. And then in college, I started getting really into nutrition, fitness, and that's kind of when I decided I wanted to work on more the front end and get ahead of things rather than fixing something once it's broken. So then I kind of was like, I'm not really sure if PT or OT is for me. And then I ended up studying abroad in Australia for six weeks, one summer. And that's when I just like totally realized there's so much of this world that I wanted to see. And I don't think I wanted to spend more time in grad school. So at that point, I decided to take a couple extra summer classes. I graduated a semester early. And in that time, too, I had started my online wellness coaching business while I was at college, and it kind of just started to succeed. And that's when I decided grad school is not for me. I'm totally going to take this full force. I really loved the ability to create my own schedule. I loved the impact. I loved the fitness and nutrition. I loved inspiring women. I loved the community. So that's kind of the story of how I came to be where I am now. Yeah. Well, that is such a cool story. And I love that your approach to wellness is just getting ahead of it. Um, and I love how I just like, I love your story. Cause I, there's so many different aspects. Like you didn't always have it all figured out, which is so like important to, for people to realize. But once you kind of graduated, how did you, do you have to get like, did you get certified to become a health coach? Like how did that work? Like how did you educate yourself really on helping people like personally? Right. So in my kinesiology bachelor program, 
obviously I learned a lot of the skills that I needed through, you know, college nutrition classes. And I had like some fitness classes and other like anatomy, physiology, all of that stuff. And then I also had a minor in health promotion. And through that program, I had to have an internship. So I had an internship with a local gym for the summer and it was a pretty intense program. And throughout that, we did the personal training certification and we had classes with the internship twice a week where they would teach us everything we needed to know for that certification. Through that, I also learned that being a personal trainer was not something I wanted to do specifically. Um, and that the lifestyle and nutrition piece of it was really where I wanted to be at. So the fitness thing, I'll help with that within my clients and my coaching, but it's more like the lifestyle, the nutrition. And so really my four-year degree was essentially super helpful. And then I just had this huge passion. I think once I graduated and got out of school, that's when I really dove in even more and just immerse myself into like every book, every podcast from so many different experts. And then throughout my own personal experience from my own personal health struggles is where I really gained so much knowledge too. Um, And then also I feel just working one-on-one with clients is the greatest and best teacher in addition to our own personal experience. So Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And I think that having like working with a health coach or someone like with your health that has like a personal experience, like with something like you can relate to is just so much more comforting and knowing that like, you know, it gets better or like whatever something might be going, like someone might be going through. Um, So I I think that's so cool. And I think there's just so much knowledge out there, especially on social media or on the internet that we can consume that like, and obviously you went to like college for it, but it's just like, there's so much out there to educate yourself. And I think by experience is like, honestly, one of the best ways to really educate yourself. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, I know. I, I feel like that's how I learned so much about health. Um, but I am just curious, cause you did mention just like health struggles. Like, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I feel like anyone who is in the health and wellness space got there and ended up there based on their own personal struggles that they've experienced. And I've heard that from so many different health experts too. But essentially, um, I've kind of always had struggles with my gut health, my hormones. Um, When I was in high school and all through growing up, really, I remember being really young and getting really bad stomach aches. And for a long time, we kind of just thought, oh, they were just growing pains. You know, that's just kind of what my parents chalked it up as, and it was never really a huge concern. But I also remember just all throughout high school, there would be so many things that I didn't even really realize at the time would just really upset my stomach and definitely probably impacted my sleep and my performance. I was always an athlete. And, you know, sometimes I think about too, if if I would have had the habits I have now back in high school, like how would that have impacted my, my sports career within high school? I think I think about that so frequently. But when I was 17, I still had a super irregular period. And so going to the doctor was trying to get that figured out. And of course, my doctor was just like, here, we'll put you on birth control. And I was just like, sure, just whatever. So that I know it's going to come every month. And at that time too, I was 17 years old. This was 2014, I think. And at that time, I, I didn't know to do my own research. Like I'm in high school. It was also kind of that period where you just went to the doctor for everything, no matter what you, you obviously trust what they're saying because they're, they're in that position and they have the credentials, all of these things. My parents also didn't really know to do the research either, because again, that's, you just go to the doctor. And so I was on the birth control pill for until I was 22. And then I went off and I didn't get a period for two years and eight months. And so after about six months, I was going to my primary care doctor and they're like, I wouldn't worry about it. It's probably not a big deal. I'm like, no, this, this is a big deal. Like your, your period for a woman is like your sixth, sixth vital sign. It's as important as heart rate, blood pressure, all of that. So I was like, no, this is concerning for me. Also knowing one day I want to be a mom, I need to be getting my period, you know? And so I was like, this isn't normal. Like this is a sign of my health and vitality. I I need this to be working. And their only suggestion was we could put you back on the pill, which now knowing that being on the birth control pill, it's not an actual period. Um, But I didn't know that at the time. So I kind of seeked out some holistic health and really worked to heal that. And, and starting with my gut health was really the root of it all because your, your gut is kind of like 
the bridge between the external world and your internal body. So if your gut health isn't on point, it's hard to get anything else on point. So that's where I really started. And, you know, through holistic care and really changing so many lifestyle factors, I was able to naturally get my period back, um, which was so awesome. But throughout that time too, after I came off the birth control pill, I started to get ovarian cysts. And so those would like rupture and it was so painful. And even though I wasn't getting a period, I was getting these really bad cysts. And eventually it got so bad one time I went to the hospital after thousands of doctor's visits that they could just never figure out what was going on. And I actually ended up having emergency surgery because one of the cysts caused my ovary to torsion and twist. So I had to get that untwisted and the cysts removed. And since then, haven't had a cyst, which has been amazing. And my, my cycle has been so much more regular, but you know, those, those experiences I think are what really shifted and brought to light the true, the true importance of health and lifestyle and just really being in tune with your body. Yeah. I mean, that's, I have so much to say on like what you just said, but like, I think first, like, I think it's so important to call out like it, so many girls, so many girls, like and me included have like not gotten their period for, for years or just, it's never been regular. Like mine was never, ever regular. And I think it's so important to call it that that's not normal. And I think like birth control or there's other things that are like almost put as like a bandaid to like, you know, it's okay, but it's like, you know, that is something that can impact whether you want to have kids or not, or just like impact the way you feel. So it's just like, that's something to like address early on. And I think like, obviously doctors are so trusted, but they have so many patients that it's hard for them to dive into each specific person's like story and background and experience. Like it's a quick visit. Like they have so many other things to worry about, which I think it's so great that there's holistic health coaches out there where you can really meet with someone one-on-one to really dive into, you know, all aspects of health, which I'm sure you'll talk about, but there's so many other things than just, you know, food and exercise. Like there's so many other things that can impact your health. Right. Yeah, for sure. I truly think that health coaching is the future. And I think that there's so much value that health coaches can add. And I think there's sometimes a little bit of a stereotype or a a negative stigma around a health coach because maybe they don't have the credentials that a doctor has, but they're truly so, so beneficial to have, especially if you're somebody having struggles. I think investing into a health coach is one of the greatest things that you can do because they can spend more time with you. They can really get to know you. They can connect you with other people who have had similar experiences and, and doctors are doing their best, right? Like they want to help you. They want to do things, but you know, over the years I've, I've really learned like doctors, like they are in a business too, and they're tied into like the pharmaceutical industry. So they're, they're very much taught in a specific curriculum, which might not be the best curriculum for you to fall into. And I know so many people now are really wanting to live like holistic, healthy lifestyles. They want to be medication free. They don't, they don't want to rely on a medication to put a bandaid over their symptom, but they want to truly get to the root. And there's a time and place for any and all of it. But I think that there's just so many options now and so many other routes that you can go aside from just getting involved in like pharmaceutical, medical, put a bandaid on it, pill type of a lifestyle, you know? Totally. I like, I'm so like passionate about like stuff like that because I think like we've been taught so many different messages throughout our life. Like, and you know, we're fed all this like, like food that's not really food or we're fed like, you know, like different pills and stuff to like, almost like, like we're talking about like putting a bandaid on it where it's like health is like simple. It's really simple. And when you like, remember that, like, and get down to like, you know, like there's sleep that impacts your health, you know, there's it's the food you're putting in your body, like the amount of exercise you're doing, like that all has impact on your health. And like, not all these other things that we're being fed are that important in living like a healthy lifestyle where we're connected with our body. But I like feel very passionately about that because I think there's just so much messages and so many like products out there that are actually like hurting our health. Um, so I just like, I feel so passionately about that. This is the topic that I just am so passionate over like 2020, 2021, when everything was shut down, I literally listened to every podcast I could find on this, read every book on this stuff to really like heal my body and use that time productively. And ever since then, I'm just like full on in on all of that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I did. So I, well, so I, in college, 
I like struggled with eating disorders and really just got like in the weeds with it where like my mind was just pretty disordered. Not like my mind was disordered, but around food and exercise. Like I just had such an unhealthy relationship with my body and food and exercise that I lost touch of what was like quote unquote normal or like just like enough, like where I was doing, like I was going to the extremes. And so like over the years, like I, I didn't really work with anyone as much as I probably should looking back. And like, I always recommend someone like definitely work with someone, but I like, you know, turn to like podcasts and other books and other, other things to consume as much as I could to really like figure out what worked best for me. Um, so like, but I did the same thing like 2020 or it was started probably a little bit earlier, but like just listening to so much and like over that, like obviously I've been able to like, heal my relationship with myself and like food and exercise. And like, you know, I feel like there's no, personally, I don't know if there's any such thing as like fully recovered from all those things, but I think it's just the way you handle it. And like, you know, remind yourself, you know, like what's the healthier way to live life and stuff like that. So I think I'm in a way better place, but you know, it's not perfect, quote unquote, nothing will be. But um, yeah, so I feel very passionately about that. And because of that, like I've become very passionate about health and like all that things, which I'm actually um, about to start getting certified to become an integrative nutrition health coach. That's what I was asking about. Like if you, I didn't know if you had gotten that before, but you obviously have so much experience, so you don't need that. But um, yeah, um, I think too, there's so many women out there who go through that disordered thought pattern, orthorexic state. And it's just kind of interesting too, because I think that orthorexia and kind of being obsessed with eating healthy is so normalized nowadays too. And in reality, like it, it not, isn't always healthy. And I went through an experience like that too, where, you know, I, I had a disordered eating and thought patterns and workout patterns. And I, it, it's crazy too, because a lot of those patterns can really lead to that damage that you get to deal with later on, which is what I'm currently experiencing. It can throw off your hormones. It can, it can really, really wreak havoc on your metabolism and your adrenals and all of these things. So it's like, if you're over-exercising, you're under eating, you're stressed out in college, you're taking the birth control pill, you're popping Tums like it's your job, you're binge drinking, like all of these things, you're not sleeping, you're in toxic relationships, all of these things they compound over time and they just stress out your body so much. And then later you get to address those symptoms. And, and I totally agree. It's, it's an ever evolving healing process. And there's going to be moments where you, you kind of fall back, but you get to really recenter and figure out like, what's the body I want in the future? Like, what are my goals long-term? Do I want to live like this forever? Are these actions helping to heal my body or are they taking away from my healing? And I think that that's just, a message that we get to for sure talk more about, especially on social media when these healthy habits sometimes are over glamorized and can, can lead down a negative path. So it's definitely finding that harmony within it all. I don't, I don't necessarily believe in like balance necessarily. I think there's different seasons for different things, but finding that harmony. And then when it comes to the health coaching thing, you mentioned that health coaching program kind of started I started hearing about that after I had already started working with clients and built my brand. So I didn't feel that it was a necessary thing that I needed at the moment. Maybe one day, if it's something I feel would support me, um, I would do it. But at this moment, it's not something I felt that I needed. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound like you need that at all. But I'm like, honestly, like at the end of the day, I mean, I assume maybe the end of it, like all like part-time help clients. I don't really know what my like overall for sure goal is of like what I want, but I think it's so like, I'm just so interested. Like I just, I'm so interested in learning more about all these things in like the facts. Like there's so much on the internet that like, that is untrue, which I think is so dangerous for like girls that are young or guys that are young and like, they're trying to figure out it all. And I think that was something that I had to kind of figure out like over the years, like try to figure out like what actually worked for me and like what maybe works for other people, just kind of differentiating that. Um, but yeah, habits are so important. I think like I get stuck. I'm a very like, I think habitual would be the right word. I'm a very habitual person. And so I can get really lost, I think in my habits and like forgetting like why I'm even doing it. So like I got in the pattern, especially during COVID, unfortunately, just because I had so much time on my hands and, and I wanted to get out of the house that I got in the, um, into the habit of over-exercising, just like going on extra walks and stuff like that, which like just can add up because like, a walk can really burn more calories than you think. And like, just, it, it, I really lost touch of like my 
eating cues and my hunger cues. It just messed up so many things where I think that's why like getting ahead of like meeting with someone like you or like another health coach, that's like, I'm getting so off topic, but like, I think like it's so important to get ahead of it. And like another thing was like in college, like I had gained weight, you know, that's totally fine. But for me, I just like, it wasn't comfortable and I wanted to lose weight. And I wish I'd like approached someone like you where I could have like been given the tools to like lose the weight in a healthy way versus like over-exercising, eating less, like just doing like being restrictive because that led me down that path. And I think like, like you're saying, getting ahead of it is the perfect solution to that problem because I mean, I had to unlearn so many bad habits that I had to relearn how to live a healthy lifestyle where I probably could have, you know, addressed that earlier, but that's okay. That's how I learn. And that's why like, I feel like I'm really passionate about helping other people like that are in a similar place I was back then. Right. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to social media, especially for girls, a lot of things we see is work out more and eat less calorie deficit, this calorie deficit, that, but you know, you're going to eventually get to a point if you're in a chronic state of dieting and over-exercising, you're, you're eventually going to get to a point where a calorie deficit's not going to work for you. So, um, I think it's really important to yes, get a health coach and like work with somebody who can help you to do that stuff in a sustainable, healthy way. And I think it's also, um, I lost my train of thought. I had something else. Oh, giving yourself grace for what you have been through and what you experienced, because we're truly all doing the best we can with the knowledge and awareness we have in the current moment. So I think it's giving ourselves grace to understanding that we did the best we could with what we had, with where we were at, at that moment in time. And we know better now, so we can do better now. Definitely. I think that's so important. Like accepting where you are, forgiving yourself for everything you went through and just like moving forward. I mean, I've learned so many, like, yeah, it sucked. It was really hard, but like, I learned so much about myself and like, I feel I'm in such a good place now. And it it makes me so happy to know that like, I got really in touch with who I was and like, I'm really more confident now. Um, but I also just like verse going back to something I was talking about earlier that I feel like I didn't finish my train of thought was I was over exercising during COVID and it became a habit, which is not a good habit, but it started to affect my mood. It started to affect, you know, obviously my eating. It started to affect like, I feel like it just like caused in my stress levels. I couldn't deal with stress as much because I wasn't able to think because I wasn't feeding myself. So it's just that like, obviously, you know, if you over-exercise one day, that's okay. But like, if it becomes a pattern, it can really affect so many other aspects of your health and not just, you know, you're eating and exercising, but like really like your mind, like your brain needs food. And so if you're not putting enough in your body, it can lead to unhealthy like patterns and stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think something as I've grown over the years and what I'm currently really working on is managing my cortisol levels. So literally in anything I'm doing, I'm like, is this helping support my cortisol levels or is it not? Like if I have a night where I don't sleep enough, I am not going to go and do an intense workout that next day because my cortisol levels are already going to be so elevated from not sleeping. I'm going to maybe do more like a nice walk down to the beach, some yoga. I'm going to make sure that I'm really nourishing my body and my adrenals, making sure I'm eating healthy because I don't, I don't want to do anything else that's going to mess up my cortisol levels because that's going to impact my hormones, my gut health, my mental health, my mood truly is going to affect everything. I'm not going to reach for extra caffeine that day. I'm not going to go not that I drink alcohol very much, but if I were to, I, I wouldn't go reach for a glass of wine that day. So yeah, just, just approaching health and, in eating and nutrition and wellness, fitness from, from that space. And that's been really, really supportive for me. Yeah, no, for sure. Can you talk a little bit more about like what cortisol is and like just more, I honestly, I've heard it like more like in the wellness space, but I've never actually like took the time to learn more about it. Yeah. Yeah. So cortisol is essentially our stress hormone and there are certain levels of stress that are good for us. If you think about, you know, back in early human times, that stuff needed to get elevated if somebody was going to, you know, need to outrun a, a tiger or something. But now we're living in a constant state of stress. And I think that there's a big misunderstanding. If, if you were to go to the doctor and you have like high blood pressure and people are like, I don't know why I'm not even stressed, whatever, but we are thrown so many stressors all day, every day. We get in our car, we blare music and drive down the highway at 70 miles an hour with other people doing the same thing who might be also on their phone. Like there's so many things that are stressors to us all day, every day. Even if we don't feel stressed, we're still experiencing stressors or doing a HIIT workout, a CrossFit workout, lifting too heavy. You know, these things 
elevate our cortisol. And and like I mentioned, there are certain levels of cortisol that can be healthy for us. Like certain levels of exercise are good for us, but there's, there's that threshold, that, that safe space. And then that, that period where you're going to maybe overdo it. Or I don't know if you've ever had this feeling before, but since I've been on this journey of kind of like lower impact, lowering, lowering, lowering my cortisol, lowering my inflammation, I exercise affects me so differently now. So I've very much been more like lower intensity lifting, Pilates, walking as I'm on this journey of healing my inflammation, which cortisol can cause inflammation. And, you know, within my wellness programs, we do wellness meetups. And one of our meetups was at a CrossFit gym. And after that workout, I literally was so tired. I just felt completely drained. I felt like I was a little kid who just spent the entire day out in the pool running around with my friends and I was just dead tired. So I learned like, okay, this type of exercise is not something that I should be doing daily and consistently. And it really made me reflect back and think about all the times I went to F45 and boot camps and CrossFits, or I was doing HIIT workouts four or five days a week. Like my body was in such a constant state of stress and it was just always elevated. And it, it, it made my body not as able to regulate my cortisol levels. Plus I wasn't eating enough to keep up with that. And so now that I'm, I'm learning how energized and how amazing I can feel with the, with working with my body, with eating with my body, working out with my body, following my natural cycles and rhythms and what my body wants best. I'm learning that some of those forms weren't best for me. And it, it really has shown light on how exhausted I was. Like you, you truly don't know how good you can feel or how bad you were feeling until you start to feel good. So Again, there's certain levels of cortisol that are really awesome and like really necessary for us, but we don't want our cortisol levels elevated for too long. And things that elevate that, like I kind of mentioned before, is like caffeine, alcohol, hit, too many hit workouts, under eating, um, obviously like stressful relationships, work, and then just the simple things in life that you wouldn't think about, but like driving a car down the highway. So um, that give, if that gives a little bit better of an indication of kind of what cortisol is. Totally. Um, so if how would someone be able to identify whether they have high cortisol? Would it just be that they just feel not their best or how would you say yeah, people identify so, it? Um, obviously, again, I think working with a, a professional can really support with this. At the end of the day, getting blood work done is really going to help with that kind of stuff too. But I think some simple signs that you can look for is feeling overly fatigued, feeling brain fog, um, midday crashes, feeling really irritable, mood swings, moody, um, feeling wired, but tired at night. Like you're tired all day long, but you lay down in bed at night and you are like, I'm tired, but also like, I'm so wired and so ready to go. Um, other things like inflammation, feeling really puffy. So that's where I kind of started to get, I just felt like my body was just retaining so much water. It was so puffy, no matter what I was eating, how I was working out, I just was like not able to lose weight and was getting weight loss resistance. Um, I think if you're feeling really um, like anxious and overwhelmed and really kind of like racy, like you're always just like racy and like all over the place, that can be a sign of it as well. Those are like the main signs I would say to look for. Um, if you're if you're feeling absolutely drained and exhausted after your workouts, like I think that's also a negative thing about the fitness space. And as a female athlete we're kind of taught that like, if you're not dying at the end of the workout, you need to go work out more. When in reality, a workout is supposed to make you feel so much more energized. And now that I've shifted into lower impact workouts, I'm not feeling that midday crash. I'm, I'm feeling energized for the day where before I was like, dang, sometimes working out makes me way more tired for the rest of the day. So I think those are some good signs that you can look for if, if you're having higher cortisol levels. Yeah. I know it's, I think it's so crazy how we are taught to like, if you aren't sweating or dying, you didn't have a good workout. I mean, I definitely had that mindset at one point in my life because I played sports also my entire life. And I just think it's not good because there's so many other great ways. It's, you should really just focus on like what makes you feel the best and like what makes you feel the strongest. And it's so like crazy how I've noticed like me, I used to be like, a runner. And that, I mean, it was, I started running kind of the start of like my eating disorders and I kind of got stuck in that habit of just like doing it too much. And like, I got to a point where I was like, I don't even like this anymore. Like, why am I still doing it? But it would exhaust me, exhaust me. Like it was like, I'm probably had high cortisol during all those times because I definitely had all those symptoms. But so I know like once you kind of identify maybe of high cortisol, how do you recommend people reduce like some of the stressors? 
Um, I think just being aware of it. And, you know, this is a really hard thing with somebody who was previously a female athlete or who has struggled with disordered eating and thought patterns. But I think really getting into your own lane within that and like kind of putting your blinders on from what everybody else is doing, which I've even had to do that. I've had to unfollow influencers. I've had to unfollow, you know, or, or limit my use of seeing other people because if I knew my body couldn't handle a workout that day, but I was so in the habit and in the routine of just like getting up, doing this, doing that, getting my workout in. Like I was so in the habit of doing that, that I didn't really ever pause to check in on if this was what my body truly needed that day. And it can, it can kind of make you feel a little down if you're seeing other people working out and doing these things, if you're trying to heal that. So I think number one is getting in your own lane and really focusing on what your body needs right now and putting the blinders on in that sense of this is what I need. And, and I can't compare myself to everyone else that I see on social media or even within my wellness programs. Like I, I can't sit there and, and watch my clients getting in a great workout that day. If I know that for me, I need to rest. Like I get to know that that's okay. And I get to be cool with that. And I get to celebrate them for what they're able to do that day. I think another thing is slowing down, um, putting down the caffeine, making sure you're nourishing your body regularly, making sure that you're eating enough, maybe going for a walk. I think stretching and yoga is great. I know people love breathwork and meditation. I have not yet really tapped super into that, but for me, like going for a walk, sitting by the beach, that is like my yoga or that's like my breathwork and meditation right there. Um, I think really, you know, I'm a spiritual person. I think that spirituality is literally one of the most important things. I think if you don't have some sort of spirituality to whatever extent that is for you, for me, I'm a Christian. So that's what it is. Like I, I pray. And for some people, like it might be another form of spirituality, but I think having a sense of something bigger and having, having somewhere to look and to guide you and to, to pray. And I think that's really, really important. Um, another thing I think is surrounding yourself with the right people and speaking it to the right people and letting them know kind of where you're at, what support you need. Um, you know, if, if going out for a night out on the town, isn't, isn't really going to help to support your current goals and lower your cortisol. Like maybe it's saying, Hey, like, that's not really what I'm, I'm looking to do right now. Would you want to go for a walk? I think those are like the main things that I would say really, really, really are supportive and, if you're not sleeping right, it's going to be hard to fix anything. So sleep for sure. Yeah. I, I love absolutely everything you just said. And I think what I noticed when I started to finally heal was first when I started to slow down, I was the most fast paced, like wouldn't slow down, needed to do everything kind of person. And I slowed down and I really took that. I'm also a Christian as well. And I, and I find that when I slowed down, kind of connected with God through like prayer and just like any time in my life, I would kind of just like slow down and like ask him for guidance or just like help me like deal with whatever in that situation. And that brought me like, I was able to like connect more with myself too, when I was, um, just like in this healing journey, I think it's so important to like, like you said, put the, put up the blinders and really get in touch with like who you are and like uncover like, who, like what you want out of life and like what brings you joy and you know the intention behind everything you are doing. I think is so important because it really grounds you and like brings you back to like who you are. Um, so I found that like also so valuable. Just like you have to do the inner work in order to heal like from an eating disorder. Like you really do because it's not. The food and the exercise is, is not the problem. There's something inside of you that like is telling you that you have to look a certain way or you have, you know, everyone has their own stuff. But I like completely agree. And obviously sleep is, I think number one, probably, I don't know if you would agree, but probably the number one most important thing because I, when I don't sleep well, I am exhausted. I'm irritable. I can't think clearly. I can't make any decisions. So yeah, not sleeping right will throw off your hormones, throws off your gut health, causes stress, like it lowers your immunity. It's sleep is... If you're not sleeping, it's going to be hard to accomplish anything else. Definitely. So what are some of like your favorite like healthy habits that have really helped you create like a, the healthy life that you like? Yeah. Um, well, my morning routine is like sacred to me. I love my mornings. Um, so kind of what that looks like for me is I wake up, I make my bed right away, open my blinds, and then I go downstairs and get like a cup of warm lemon water and I just love that. I love lemon water. I love the warm lemon water. It, it's truly really helped my digestion. 
Um, and then usually I'll step outside for a little bit, which can be kind of difficult in the winter when there is two feet of snow on the ground. But I try to step outside and just like get a little bit of fresh air and then, you know, get ready to go get some movement in. Or if I'm really tired, just get ready for some breakfast. So having a solid morning routine has been really game changer for me. And then some other healthy habits, kind of you mentioned this before, but really having some sort of um, like mindset, personal development, spirituality, like some form of personal growth practice, journaling, um, daily gratitude and affirmations is huge. And I think gratitude is the secret sauce as well. Um, healthy eating. So I just love healthy food. I feel like I, I just really have always reached for that since I was a kid. So I think a lot of people will talk about like an 80, 20 kind of a balance. So, I mean, whatever works for you, but for me, it's, for me, it's just making sure I'm eating things that work really well with my body that my body loves. I've really tuned into cycle syncing, which is essentially eating and working out and structuring your life in reference to your cycle as a woman, which I notice a big difference with that. Um, staying hydrated, getting movement, getting out in nature. And then lastly is being really mindful of my relationships, making sure I'm in powerful, inviting, genuine, supportive relationships and not ones that are toxic and jealous and gossipy. I think those are the biggest tips and biggest things that I've noticed for my mental health, my physical health, my routines. Those have been really transformative for me. Yeah. I love all those. I think gratitude is so important because it really helps you just shift the perspective because any situation can just be like just even like a, like a failure is like a lesson. Like it's literally like it's just every – it's all about perspective. So I think practicing gratitude is so important because it reminds you of like what you have in your life, not what's missing. Yes. Um, also, I love my morning routine as well. Like I feel like it brings me so much happiness. And like if I don't do it, I notice that like it just like kind of messes up my day a little bit. Like I'm also someone like an ideal morning would definitely be waking up slowly and I'm also like such a morning riser too, yes. um, but getting up probably early, um, but like naturally and like getting like a cup of tea, like tea, like something warm in the morning. Like I don't do lemon water, but like, I just love tea. Just the act of doing it, like just makes me so happy and like doing like a walk. And obviously I like, I get up and like kind of like connect with God, like somehow just through prayer or something, just asking for guidance. But yeah, similar routine. I think it's so important to like for setting yourself up like your day. Yeah, for sure. It's so important. Yeah. So like, what are some of like any like bad unhealthy habits that you had previously that like you like, just like after kind of learning more about health and what make works for you that you kind of got rid of? So you definitely over exercising and under eating, um, and toxic relationships, negative relationships. Um, those are probably the big ones. I think, um, some other ones would be Anything for avoidance and avoiding yourself and the inner work, whether that's a substance or, you know, even exercising and eating. People can use exercise to avoid looking in and looking at themselves and working on their stuff that they need to work on. Um, so, yeah, over exercising, under eating, under sleeping, toxic relationships, staying in places that I knew weren't for me, staying in jobs that I knew weren't for me think another big one is paying too much attention to the expectations that people in my life put on me or that society puts on you. Or I think we can get this a lot from our families and they mean it all out of love. Like they just want to see you happy and succeed. But, you know, I think, I think there's, there's so many ways to be successful in this life. And it's, it's not always go to school, go to college, get a degree, go get your bachelor or go get your master's. Like, go to corporate America. Like that is not always the structure that's the best for everybody. And for me, I think letting go of that expectation that society and family and whoever has on you is really big. And especially now that I'm learning more about like hormones. And if you guys haven't read the books, um, Woman Code by Lisa Vitti and um, Beyond the Pill by Jolene Brighton, definitely do it and type their names into the podcast app. If you have an iPhone or you can just YouTube their names and listen to literally everything by them. But it's so interesting to think 
about how our society is kind of set up and structured more for the males in Freudian rhythm rather than the females, where it's like a you get up early, work all day, like crush a workout in the morning before you go in. And, and that type of cycle wasn't structured for us women. So I think really, really getting in tune with my body and my cycles and all of that has been also very supportive and understanding that it's okay if I'm not doing everything that everybody else is doing. It's okay if I'm not climbing the corporate ladder. It's okay if, you know, I want to be a stay-at-home mom working in an online wellness business and that that is perfectly okay. And there's no right or wrong way to do this life has really freed me and really honestly allowed me to step more into who I am and allowed me to have the time to heal my body and, and really just get to a state of true happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. That's also awesome. I am also curious. I know you mentioned a few books and like podcasts right then, but is there any other like health and wellness podcasts or books that you recommend? Yes. So again, there is so much info out there. Um, and a couple that I love, I love, um, the model health show by Sean Stevenson. That, that's, that was probably like my COVID everyday listen. Um, another one, I really like impact theory by Tom Bilyeu, which his sometimes their business, sometimes their mindset, sometimes they're talking about space. Um, but he does have a lot of them about health. And then his wife, Lisa Bilyeu, she has women of impact. So I like that one too. Um, what is it called? Um, Dave Asprey has one. I think it's called Up- Upgrade or something like that. I don't know. He just changed it not too long ago. And I like his. Um, they're not they're not always my favorite to listen to, but he, he has some really awesome people on there. Those are probably my favorite. I would say the Model Health Show and Impact Theory are currently my favorites. And then sometimes I'll just type in certain people's names and listen to their health podcasts too, but. Cool. Yeah. I feel like I've actually never heard of any of those. So I'm excited because I feel like I've like consumed so much like podcasts within that in the wellness space. But like, I know you mentioned just like, there is so much noise out there. So how did you best, like, if anyone like wants to learn more about like wellness, what would you recommend in order for them to make sure they're consuming all like factual information? Like, is there any spots to look or things to like pay attention to, to like maybe not engage with? Yes. So from personal experience and working with my clients, I think the number one thing is asking yourself, why do I keep continuing to seek more information? And I think a lot of it recently, I've very much felt that a lot of that seeking of health information is from a space of the underlying disordered thought patterns and behaviors. Like, why are you always trying to seek something new? Why aren't you sticking out this current thing that you had already started? And and you might get to stick that out for six months, a year, see if it works for you. But I think often, especially as women, we're always trying to change our bodies and to look a certain way and to be shredded and lean and all of these things that we don't always commit to one thing and see if it works for us, but we're always searching and searching and searching. And, and I think that that, I think it's amazing to work on yourself. I think it's awesome to work on yourself, your health, your mindset, but it's also understanding that who you are right here and now is more than enough. And you are perfect exactly as you are currently. Well, it's also okay to want to grow and want to build. So I think before seeking and filtering through that noise, I think it's so important to stop and ask yourself, why am I, why am I seeking? And then also am I doing the things that I know will support me? So with some of my clients, they're like, they'll get frustrated or they're like, well, what are you doing? What should I do for this? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, have you even been following the plan that we've been given? And at the end of the day, most of the time it's, they haven't. So when you, when it comes to filtering through the noise on social media, I think it's focus on one thing and one thing at a time and see if that works for you. Our body is giving us signals every single day, constantly, all the time. And the way our world is, we're so disconnected from ourselves and our bodies. And especially if we're on any form of like medication, we're, we're so disconnected. And being in our work schedules, we get disconnected from what's truly best for our bodies. So, you know, I think having like, if, if this feels good for you, I think writing down a food log can sometimes be good or starting to pinpoint like, okay, when I eat this, I get headaches. When I eat this, my stomach hurts and I get bloated. It's like our body is constantly giving us 
feedback, especially as women. Like if you have a month where your period symptoms are horrible and brutal, maybe reflect on the month. See, did you drink more alcohol? Did you drink more caffeine? Like were there certain foods that you were eating that you normally don't? Stuff like that can really give us signals to what's working best for us. Um, And I think that ultimately too, we're going to have a knowing of kind of what makes sense for us and what doesn't. So I think it's just, just really listening to our own bodies and then allowing our bodies to have time to adjust to something that we're trying out to see if it truly is best for our body or if we're just falling into what social media is telling us we should be doing. Yeah. I think our bodies are such an important tool. Like they have so much to say. Like if you pay attention to them, like they'll really help guide you based on what's like making you feel good. I think sometimes it's interesting you call that out, like how women are always like trying to like do like so much at once. Cause I sometimes fall into that boat where I also felt like I was healing. I was doing all the things that were like making me feel so good. And I kept wanting to, you know, listen to so many self-help podcasts, stuff like that. And I kind of realized like, I'm almost like consuming like a little too much. Like it's almost like, which I think could be a problem too. Cause it's like, it almost got me a little bit out of touch a little bit of like just my normal life. I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like there, there is a, there is a time when it's too much. Yes. A hundred percent. Or even like, you know, the help, the self-help space is so big now. And especially with me, like owning my own business. And when I go to like trainings or conventions, like it, personal development is talked about so much, which is so important to work on yourself. It's so important to live a healthy lifestyle, but it's all right. If you want to go on your boat on the 4th of July and have a couple drinks with friends, it's okay. If on your drive, you're not going to listen to a podcast and you're going to throw on some Drake or some country music or Post Malone or whoever you listen to. But obviously if those things are negatively impacting your life choices, you get to look at that. But I also think we just put so much pressure on ourselves to become and to grow and to constantly be chasing the next thing. And it's okay to sit back every once in a while and throw on a Netflix show. You know, it's, it's okay to sit and rest. It's okay to be a quote unquote normal human. Like it's, we don't always have to be in this state of changing and evolving and growing. Like our life is happening right here and now, and we don't want to miss out on what's currently happening in our life. Like the more we're looking at future things, the more we're chasing, the more we're seeking, the more we're missing out on our current life. And like our current life is, is still our life, you know? And I think that can go into so many areas of, of the future that we plan. And I don't know. I think that that's just a really big lesson I've learned recently and lately. Yeah, I think that is so well said. I was literally going to say something similar. Just I think we focus so much on growing and like reaching something that like we forget to enjoy where we're at. And a lot of times where we're at is what we've been chasing for so long. So it's really important to like, obviously, you know, it's great to grow, you know, change is important, but like also enjoying where we're at. Like life is too short for you to like constantly be chasing something like life should be lived. And if you're constantly chasing something, you're not. And, and I think just at the end of the day, you should just focus on like feeling good. Like that's like, how does like your body feel? If it feels like, you know, your gut hurts or like something doesn't feel right, maybe address it. But if you're content with where you're at and how your body's feeling, I think that's another gauge of just like, if you're feeling good, I don't know if you need to change anything at the moment. Right. Exactly. And I think, you know, when we're, when we're always seeking and doing and chasing, we miss out on the current things and the current lessons and and the current people that I mean, again, I believe in God that God is literally placing like the things that are happening currently in our lives, whether I don't think anything is necessarily good or bad. Like it's always, it's all a lesson leading us to where we're meant to be. But like, if we're so focused on the future, we're going to miss the lessons in the present. Or if we're so focused on our future spouse, our future significant other, our future friend group, like we're going to miss the people that God is literally placing right in front of us to teach us lessons or to be in our life or to become that in our life. And, and I just think that the more we're looking and chasing and seeking, the more we miss out on the people and the things that are supposed to be in our lives. And this exact moment is leading us to exactly that future that we think of. So it's just so important to be present. Yeah. I I mean, I completely agree. I think healing allowed me to remember like what's actually important in life and it is those relationships. And if you're constantly just thinking about yourself, you're not investing time into that. So I love everything that you just mentioned, but the one of my, I have a few other questions, but my last question on this topic is I'm just curious as someone who's now maybe going to become like a health coach and like, I'm trying to create more content, you know, to build a following. What does like a typical day look like for you? 
Yeah. So, um, it kind of depends a little bit. Um, my best friend owns a couple cafes that I help her kind of like run and manage as well. Um, and then I run the social media for those. So if I'm like working at the cafe one day, my, if I open in the morning, my mornings will look a little bit different, but a typical day for me is like waking up. I kind of walked you through my morning routine, like get, get a glass of warm lemon water, put on some workout clothes, go get some movement. Some days it's a walk down to the beach and some stretching and yoga. Some days it's a little mini strength training or Pilates session. Um, and then I have a healthy breakfast have some tea. And then that's when I'll like do, I I always listen to podcasts when I'm like on a walk or when I'm warming up. Um, so then after when I'm having my tea, I'll do like a little journaling gratitude affirmation, set my daily intention session or throw on a sermon for like 30 minutes. And then I get into the bulk of like answering messages, kind of looking at my day, checking emails, And that usually leads me up until about lunch and then I'll have lunch and take a little bit of a break. Um, Usually in the morning too, I create some content for the cafes or my personal page, whatever it is. Um, And then I usually try to like take a little break after lunch, maybe go for a little 30 minute walk, get some movement in. And then it kind of just depends um, for the afternoon. Sometimes it's creating content. Sometimes if I'm in a current like challenge enrollment, I run challenges. So if we're in current challenge enrollment, it's a lot of outreach, getting people onboarded, um, communicating with other coaches within my program of what they get to do or if they have questions. Um, And then sometimes it's getting ready for like team calls and stuff. And usually our team calls are at night because a lot of our coaches are doing this part-time around their full-time jobs. We do our calls at night. And then nighttime comes around. My nighttime routine is something I am currently working on because I, I definitely can get caught up in work and whatever. So I'm definitely, that's my current, my current, um, challenge that I'm working on is creating a better solid nighttime routine. I would love to ideally have all of my phone, everything off by depending on the night, like nine o'clock at the latest and then like read a book and go to bed. But lately it's been a little later. So we're working on that, but that's kind of what a typical day looks like. And, you know, every day is a little bit different, but that's the beauty of, working for yourself and being able to structure your days how you want. You know, it's, I mean, a lot of times I'll go grab lunch with my mom or especially in the summer, since in Michigan, we don't get summer all year long, (laughs) but, um, some days it's, I really don't have the capacity to work or give energy. I'm going to go lay on the beach all day. (laughs) So it kind of just depends. I think setting up a really good structure, if you're self-employed or, you want to get into the wellness space. I like to do all my follow-ups with my clients on Fridays. And, you know, it kind of depends too. If, if I have a challenge where I have a ton of clients, I'm going to split that up. I like to send out messages like Sunday or Monday to just be like, Hey, have a great week, like connect with them. So kind of like setting those different days for certain different tasks has been really supportive for me too. And, you know, understanding and knowing that you might not get everything done in one day and that's okay. It's going to be there for you tomorrow. Yeah, no, that's all super helpful and just like interesting. I think I'm sure like set it, like creating a structure, like just working independently can be pretty important. Um, but I'm also just curious, like through all your experiences, all what you've learned since like just throughout your life, is there anything that you would like tell your younger self? Like it doesn't have to be about wellness or just like anything. Oh man. There's so much that I would tell myself in so many different categories. I feel like this is something I could write like a 10 part novel series on, (laughs) um, man, I think one of the things would be like, be aware of how your actions impact other people, but don't put so much weight on yourself about what other people think. So like really stay in your lane, do the things that feel you and that are passionate and understanding that the people that are for you are going to support you within that. And the people that aren't for you, that's okay too. People are going to enter and exit your life at various times and things are going to change. Um, I think that's a really big, important one is essentially not caring so much what other people think. Um, and then I think when it comes to like health, it would be like, don't put so much, pre- so much pressure on yourself. And I would probably say like, get a coach so that you don't develop unhealthy patterns. Um, And then I think another thing is 
be more decisive, make decisions, take action, and understanding that what and who is for you simply will not pass you. And no matter how far away you get from that thing or person, if it's truly meant for you, it'll end up back in your life. Whether you moved across the country, whether you started a job, like what's for you is always going to find you and taking action in the moment won't, you, you won't miss what's meant for you by taking action in the moment. Even if that's something that isn't quote unquote meant for you, you're, you're always going to end up exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. No, I love all that. Um, okay. Well, my last two questions I always like to end with is the first being, what is something you do every day that brings you joy? I know you mentioned you love your morning routines, but if there's anything else that you do. I love my walks, like being outside, getting my walk in, like that is where I find God. That is where I feel like peace. I feel like nothing else exists. I just like, it. it's just being down by the water. Like I have this little walk, it's like a mile and a half and I like overlook Lake Michigan and it's just absolutely beautiful. It looks like an ocean. And then I just like sit there, do my prayer. Like it literally just feels like time stands still and every worry just goes away. That's like my thing. So I would say that makes me really happy. And then um, this is something I've actually really been working on. And when it comes to like significant other relationships and stuff, this was through recent like struggles within that. This is something that I really, really like was emphasizing is just diving into the things that make me passionate and excited and not allowing other people to take away from that. So, you know, planning fun activities with my friends that kind of are like random and fun, like going to paint a pot or, you know, going on a hike or random things. Like I, there's, have you ever heard of foaling? It's like football bowling. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. It's like cornhole, cornhole or bags. I don't know what you call it, but I call it cornhole. It's like cornhole boards with bowling pins set on top of it. And you literally throw footballs at it. It's so fun. And I wanted to do that forever. So I was like, I'm going to plan like fun activities with my friends and do things like that, that I've just like really been wanting to do. But I didn't feel like I quote unquote had anyone to do that with. It's like, no, I'm going to plan that fun stuff. So little recap, I think my walks being outside and then planning fun activities with friends and family that, that kind of just are fun and like playtime. Totally. I like, I will, for one, my walks, like listening to a podcast are like my favorite part of my day. Like, I think it just is so nice just to have the time, like step away from like everything going on and just have your own time. But just on like the fun activities, I think that is something I've also been doing more recently. Just, I live in New York city. So a lot of like, you know, life is just around like eating and drinking. So I've been trying to find like other things to do in my life with friends. Cause I want to be with them. It's just like, sometimes I don't want to go out and like drink so much. But I been we did um I did a pottery class recently. Like me and my friend started a book club. Like me and my friend did paint and pour. Like there's just so many other fun activities to do with friends that just don't only involve alcohol. Right? Yeah, I know. And I think we have to do that stuff, especially as we get older. Like we get so into like the daily work grind thing that sometimes we forget to just like play and enjoy. And I think it's okay to let ourselves do those things. Totally. And then the last question is, what is your favorite quote or piece of advice? Oh, man. I wouldn't say I necessarily have a favorite. I think different things serve me at different times. Um, same with like when it comes to Bible verses. I I think I have some that like stand out a little more, but I wouldn't necessarily have a favorite. Like the whole Bible is my favorite, but like in different seasons, different ones stand out. Um So I think I kind of mentioned it, but what's for you won't pass you. And no matter how far away you get from that thing or that person, if, if it's truly meant for you, it will find its way back to you. Um, I think that's probably one of my favorites. And the other one is you might not be responsible for everything that happens to you, but you are responsible for how you respond to it and for how you move forward from it. And the actions that you're taking today are creating your life six months from now and who you are right now is just a result of the actions you took six months ago. I think that just really helps me reflect on like getting clear on what I want, what I want to create. It kind of helps to check in on where I'm at today. And if my actions are aligned with what I say I want, kind of helps me to realign myself, just get clear. And so those are probably my favorite current pieces of advice that I'm living by. 
Okay. I love those. Those are both great as well. Um, and then if you want to let everyone know where they can connect with you, follow you, things like that. Yeah. So I'm mainly on Instagram. That's my favorite social media platform at Sawyer underscore overway. Um, I'm also on TikTok, which I plan to start posting more things there. I also just got a lemon eight account, which is kind of like a new social media platform. I haven't played around with it too much yet, but I'm excited about it. And I'm at it's soy on that one. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for being on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. 